Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, December 17th, 2021. I'm one of your host, Blessing, Adioye Jr. Joining me is Gameonesis, a.k.a. Janet Garcia. Yo, what's good? Not much, Janet. Every single time I see your set, I'm like, what a wonderful set. Mm-hmm. Got it all decorated for Christmas. Are you changing it at all? Like, does it change from episode to episode? Or is it just always this dope? Because I swear to God, it gets doper I mean, each she, episode. She added, you added stuff for sure for, like, throughout. No. Mm-hmm. No? I've added nothing. No. You know what I think well, it no, is? I, I mean think decorations, the, the Christmas decorations on top. Nope. Nope. It's all, like once I decorated it, it's been like this really? since I decorated it. Yeah. I didn't decorate it right away, though. I think the first December thing I did when I was hosting with Rebecca, I just didn't have time to have decorated it. So I didn't have any decorations then. But since then, I've mm. been decked out here. I, I'm convinced it's the hat. Too. I think the hat really yeah. does add a it lot really, to like the festivity. Yeah, we got the snowman mug. Yeah, I have like Christmas mugs that I drink out of during the holiday season. It's a fun time. That's why they call, that's why they call you the Lord of Holidays. You got to represent it well. That is what they well. call me. That is what they call me. Meanwhile, I am I'm drinking out of my PS5 mug um, sent to us yeah, by just, PlayStation. Yes, that's um that's like a weird holiday mug though because you got that for the holidays. It's not, ho- it's not, it's oh, not no, even a holiday mug. Holiday. I wouldn't even say this is a holiday mug. But that's why they sent it to you for the holidays. Because it's cold out out here. You know, you got to drink the warm drinks to keep you warm during the holiday season. They know what's up. They're smart over there at at PlayStation. That's how they're able to put out the Returnals and the Death. It was a holiday gift, but it wasn't, it's not festive. Like, like, you know, it's not a festive mug, but it was, it's holiday if you know when you got it. You don't send people like festive holiday, like stuff for the holidays. They could have got away with it because they sent it like before the holidays are done because you know like christmas hasn't hit yet so there's still like holidays on the table and stuff mm-hmm. but i hate the like you know i was looking we're doing white elephant this year at my house no spoilers for white elephant because edwin i know you're listening um so i won't say <laughs> what i got for white elephant but um you know like i was looking up the classic oh let's go to like target wherever and see like gifts under like 50 gifts under 25 and so many of them were like holiday things i'm like why would i want to give like, you have one day where this is good. It's like the equivalent of when Nintendo released Luigi's Mansion 3, like, on Halloween. And I'm like, it's literally irrelevant tomorrow. Dude, I, I want to address a couple of things, right? In chat, hold on. Let me scroll. Let me scroll. I got to find this chat. I got to find this person. Uh, where, are on, where are you at? Where are you at? He's going to find you. Oh, I'm going to find you. Don't you run. Stop running. Oh, I'm going to have to control F this bitch. Hold on. Hold on. That's getting serious. It's getting real. It's getting real, real. Damn it! I lost him. I lost him. I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna roast this person. My name, but somebody in chat was like, "Oh, you're an SF, like cold in SF. Try coming to Canada." And here's the thing, chatter that oh I can't my find. God, All these right, assholes with their insulation. He, it's like, oh man, my my bad that you chose to live in Canada. I grew up in Central Illinois, where they invented cold. All right, the winter in Illinois, it was so cold that our snow days weren't snow days because there was snow. Our snow days were snow days because it was too cold. It was so cold that if kids went outside, they, the kids would die. That's when they would cancel. That's how they would cancel school, right? There would be no snow outside and they'd still be like, yo, we can't do this kids. 
it'd be frozen kids just standing at the bus stop, just fucking shivering to death. All right. And I've also lived in Nigeria, so I know what cold feels like and I know what hot feels like. All right. So don't come in, don't come at me reckless talking about your weather. Oh, you should move to Canada. You'll feel what real cold feels like. I know what cold feels like. Damn it. I got to say, you watched Spider Man last night. I feel, was- I feel the same, the same way about that because. I, you know, and I do joke about like being Cali soft, like with the temperature, because after living in, you can have lived in the in the dead of winter for as long as you want. After one to two, I'll maybe even give you three years in California. Mm. What, what is cold to you, your threshold for cold will change because, you know, obviously you can live in Chicago, visit here and then be like, oh, wow, it's really warm. I'm surprised everyone's so cold because it feels warm to you. That, that's it's called contextualization, people like I don't and also, and also listen. To contextualize. I also grew up in Illinois. And I also know, and I feel like that's the best thing where it's like, you can't, I'm not just like, I may be a punk now because Mm -hmm. I live in California, but I bought that privilege. Okay. I grew up in like the city in the winter and we went to CPS. CPS really didn't look up the history. They really didn't cancel it for snow, cold, anything. We we pull up to school. Half the kids weren't there. We had days where they're like, well, I guess we're not learning today because half the Mm -hmm. class can't make it here. Well, here's the thing too, is like, when I lived in Illinois and I and I suffered the cold, I never got used to the cold. I always hated the cold, right? People are yeah, like, oh, you didn't get used to the cold living in Illinois. No, I didn't get used to the cold. No, just because I, I was suffering in Illinois doesn't mean that I'm not going to be uncomfortable in San Francisco. You know what I mean? Because it's still cold. It's still it's not as cold. But like any Maybe. cold for me is bad cold. I don't like the cold. People but, who are like, oh, it's plus. not even cold out and just wearing like shorts in the wintertime. Like you're, you got something. something. Plus, what do, is this about? Do you have a working heater in your house? Yeah, we got we got a heater. Like, okay, okay. Because yeah, like a bunch of places, heater, yeah. like I lived in a place for seven years that the heater only worked half the time because it's it's not a problem. So the heater breaks. It's like whatever, and then it's fucking mm. forty degrees, and there's no insulation, and suddenly you're in a room that feels like it's like thirty degrees, covering with yourself as many blankets as possible. And you're like, this is this is this is cold. Currently negative twenty three degrees here. It, like, negative yeah, twenty three like, degrees. Yeah, outside. Are you outside? Are you standing outside? Because I'm, I'm sitting here. Oh, with you're a talking about in chat. Somebody yeah, in chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody okay, in chat. Thank God. So I was like, it popped up and it's negative like twenty three degrees in your house. You got to do something. Bro's not standing outside in negative twenty three degrees. I know that he probably can for like ten minutes, if that. Yeah, if that. If people that. are in their houses with warm insulation. Here's the thing. I and also I lived blowing. in so I've lived in Seattle and in San Francisco as well, right? And like, and. Any of the places I've lived in, I've not had have uh, I've not had air conditioning, and I've had the opposite issue oh, where yeah, in Seattle there will be like one week in the summer mm-hmm. that is just fucking hot. Oh, it and happens. Yeah. It, it happens here. It hasn't happened since you've moved here, but mm-hmm. we get. I think it's happened two- like for like a day or two since I moved okay. here. But we get, remember like, it was like that time where I needed you to get me a fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we get a full week of it a lot of times, even mm-hmm. like a week and a half where it is ninety three degrees, and again. All the Arizona people come out here and be like, oh, uh, for us, 120 degrees is a nice day. And it's like, we get it. Cool. You but guys have air us, conditioning. Yeah. With, with the, the insulation that we have, we are, our studio melted. T- multiple components melted. Legitimately, we had to send it in. We didn't have the device for a week because it was too hot and everything melted. Man, welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily, where we complain about weather. Janet, of course, this is the last KFGD of the year. And with that... I want to bring in a question from BJ Bernardo, who wrote into patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can, and says, hi, y'all. What was the biggest gaming story of the year? Thanks, and Merry Christmas, BJ. Now, Janet, 
I really like this question, and that's why I wanted to lead off with it, because I think for the final KFGD of the year, it'd be good to take a quick look back before we actually get into the Roper Report and for the actual news stories of the day, to look back and figure out what were the biggest news stories of the year. So I have two, two news sources uh, in front of me. One of them is the greatest video game website of all time, GameSpot.com. Uh, earlier on in the month, they put up an article titled, The Biggest Gaming News Stories of 2021, uh, written by Gabe Gerwin. I want to go through it real quick just to shout out uh, their thoughts. And I want to get your thoughts as well, Janet. Uh, so over on GameSpot, Gabe Gurin, I'm not going to read through the article because it's actually a longer article, so I'll just I'll just uh, uh, point out the highlights, right? Gabe Gurin talked about all the all the delays, right? Talking about how uh, the the delayed game list for 2021 is comically long, uh, affecting all three major systems in PC: uh, Advanced Wars One Plus Two Reboot Camp, Dying Light Two, Horizon Forbidden West, God of War Ragnarok, and Diablo Four, uh, all being among some of the biggest games to be delayed during at uh, some point of the year. But not only software, there was hardware as well, including the uh, Steam Deck, uh, and then I don't think they mentioned it here, but I believe the crank machine that me and Gary would uh, really want to get. The Playdate, yeah, I believe that was also delayed yeah. into next year. Uh, they also talk about the console stock stuff, right? How uh, there's been a shortage of components and that, that has made console manufacturing way more difficult uh, this year, thus leading to many people not being able to get the new de new gen consoles that they want. Uh, they also talk about in this uh, GameSpot, GameStop, no, GameSpot, GameSpot article, uh, Google Stadia first party development ending. That was a big thing that happened toward the beginning of the year. They also talk about the Fortnite trial, um, Apple versus Epic, uh, and how big of a thing that was. And they also talk about how... Um, there was uh, uh, MLB The Show that launched on Game Pass. That was a big thing. And they also talked about how Halo was good this year. That was a big story. That was a big story. Um, and they also shouted out GTA Trilogy <laughs> Definitive Edition being a trash fire. And then also Netflix entering the, the games industry. Um, that's from GameSpot. I also want to pull real quick from Digital Trends, who did like the their five video game news stories that defined the industry in 2021. Um, they shouted out the Activision Blizzard scandal. Uh, they also shouted out the delays as well. Um, they they shouted out the the announcement of the Steam Deck from Valve. Um, they talked about the Sony versus Microsoft war, how it continues. They, they also shout out the MLB of the show uh, coming to Game Pass stuff, and then also Apple versus Epic. Janet, for you, what was the biggest news story of the year? I mean, it's like easily the Activision Blizzard stuff. Like, I feel like this is, uh, and you know, I think we can talk about, you know, what our what other highlights are for sure too, because um, I think that's a more nuanced conversation. Because this year was a rarity where I think there's no world in which anyone realistically says that the Activision Blizzard stuff wasn't the biggest thing. Because not only is it huge in scope, scale, and impact and importance in the industry, it's also huge in that it continues to continue and is still going now you know like ign has that write-up of like recapping everything that's gone down and, and many sites have timelines like that um and when you look at it it's just it's massive it's in-depth and it's at scale i mean like the state of california is involved in that and news outlets like that cover like world political news have covered this like this is beyond anything that we have seen, not only this year, but I think in a number of years in terms of just how catastrophic it's been. So I think that's definitely the biggest story. Um, in, and then it's also, it's the, it's the most covered story, I think, as well. I mean, certainly there's a lot of coverage of Epic versus Apple. Um, there's a lot of coverage of the GameStop stock stuff. Um, and yeah, that was huge at the beginning of the year. Yeah, and the chip shortage has also been like a huge thing, like the supply chain chip shortage thing. And that's something that cuts across too a lot of other technologies. You know, like I mentioned, like I think it was on, no, it was on PS I Love You where we were talking about like me getting my new iPhone. 
and like for the first time ever like in and guys i haven't gotten a phone in a long time but like i walked into a store i'm like oh surely i'll go to the apple store and i can buy the phone and they're like you can't buy anything here and they're like and they're like oh just a lot of demand they're like we just don't have anything you're gonna have to wait like three weeks and i'm like all right well and that's and that's like that with everything everywhere you know i was like why i'm like why did y'all even open today like you can't do anything for anybody but anyway but that's like that cuts across so much stuff and we've seen it like small scale and big scale i mean that's why stadia in part what not stadia steam deck was in part delayed plated had similar issues um i'm not sure if the analog pocket was a supply thing or just a regular delay mm-hmm. but yeah I think those are the, the real standout ones for me but certainly there's a lot of other you know interesting ones to talk about that i think had a, a big impact too but uh i want to hear what your biggest ones are just out the gate i mean i agree i think it's it's you can't really argue uh anything other than the activision blizzard stuff as being the big news story of the year especially for how consistently it's been in the news right how like ongoing it's been in terms of new things coming out about it and new things supporting that overall um the the overall conversation of we need we need to make big change at the top level of Activision Blizzard. We need to get Bobby Kotick out of here. And like I think these a lot of this are conversations and things that people have been saying for years. But I think this year really brought to the forefront a lot of like the visible like, hey, we us as an audience that usually doesn't get to see behind the curtain for a lot of this shit. This is what's going on behind the curtain. Like this is how it's actually affecting the workforce. These are the people like the whole the whole uh, Cosby suite thing, right? Like these are the people that like are involved and here's like the the threads of texts and here's like the toxic shit that they are saying and th- this is how this is affecting these workers, right? Like I think we've gotten to see it in a very transparent way this year and we get that all the time uh, in terms of shit coming out, like stuff leaking, like, oh man, looks like this CEO or this higher up is uh, is shitty for whatever reason. But we oftentimes just don't get movement because people are too powerful. Money speaks too loudly, right? It's hard to actually make that movement with people that have such like solidity in their position um, because they're, they're way too high up. This is, I think, one of the biggest cases of Oh yeah, we really need to get Bobby Kotick out of here, and I can see it happening, right? Like that, I think that 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 is the thing for me. Where if you ask me halfway through, halfway into this year before this stuff started coming out, hey, like based on uh, 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 like rumors or shit leaking, do you think Bobby Kotick can get fired from Activision Blizzard? I'd be like, man. I don't know, man. That seems like a tall ass. Like that is the that is that man is the head head of that organization. Like the amount of money and power that man has over there, Activision Blizzard. That seems like an impossible order. Now we're at a place where that seems like a very possible order, and things keep moving and moving. And at the very least, the 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 workforce at Activision Blizzard is empowered. Seems empowered to actually keep fighting until shit actually gets done. Um, and that is more so than I can say that we've gotten from this kind of news story for the over the last like decade, right? Like I think since like the games gaming industry established, we've not gotten something of this magnitude um in terms of one of these types of stories. And so yeah, I think this is one of the bigger ones. And I think the way that this Activision Blizzard news story is going to continue to impact um uh, uh companies in the future and how they operate and how p- folks are going to have to lock down and how workforces are going to feel empowered, right? I think because of this Activision Blizzard stuff, you're going to see work- workers at Ubisoft and you already have seen workers at Ubisoft feel empowered to fight back against the higher-ups that are shitty over there. And I'm sure like for the video games industry, this is a common story, right? It's not just Activision Blizzard and it's not just Ubisoft. There are plenty of places that have these similar types of issues. I think you're going to, you're going to see these things continue to happen in terms of workforces coming up and being like, yo, we're not standing for this shit. Hey, we identify that you, 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 and you are being shitty. We are going to speak up about it. We are going to 
uh, 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 go on strike. We are going to establish a union. We're going to do X, Y, and Z thing to make sure that we are protected as, as workers. I think that's going to happen more and more. And I think a big part of that is how, um, how much of a joint effort this Activision Blizzard thing has been through the workforce and media and audience and everybody coming together to go, we're going to fight fight against this. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's easily the big news story of the year. I want, one I want to shout out to, that's been a little bit lower key because I think it's been happening at a slow pace this year is all the PlayStation acquisitions that, that have been happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like they've, uh, they, when you, when you, when they've been re- reported and when we when we've been talking about them on KFGD, we've been taking it one at a time because that's how they've been happening, right? They've been happening one at a time of PlayStation being like, hey, we're gonna partner with Firewalk, right? We're gonna partner with a uh, new Jade Raymond Studio, Haven Studios. We're gonna partner with uh, Deviation, right? That was announced at the the, the um, Summer Games kickoff uh, with Jeff Keighley, right? In the summer during E3. Uh, but also we're gonna acquire Housemark, right? These have been things that have been happening throughout the whole year. But when you look at a list, like when you compile all these news stories into one list and you look at what PlayStation is doing, it's actually like very big, right? Just this year alone, PlayStation has acquired Housemark, Bluepoint, Nixus, Fabric Games, Valkyrie Entertainment, and Fire Sprite. And they're partnering with Firewalk, Deviation, and Haven. That is nine studios right there. Right. And like, of course, these studios are doing different things. Right. Some of these studios are support studios. Some of these studios are probably working on smaller games. But still, that speaks to an increase of size that feels like them going, hey, we got to keep up with the competition because now Microsoft has a billion studios that they've acquired and that they're working with. They have a whole ass Bethesda over there that they're rocking with. How do we compete uh, against that? Uh, This feels like this feels like PlayStation really, really. Uh, uh, cranking things up in terms of how do how do we keep up? How do we put out more games? How do we beefing up our games? And so I think that for me is up there as well. Yeah, I definitely think this year is underscored by a lot of moves that PlayStation has made to kind of set themselves up for presumably you know success in the PS5 generation. Um, even though it just hit, and I think this was in the GameSpot write up, but like the announcement of or the leak of PlayStation Spartacus, like competing with Game Pass, I think also speaks to that push to make PlayStation as good as it can be. Um, Other stuff on like the, like more console direct, like gaming front, I guess, like other than like the business side of things. um, I think it was this small thing, but it was wild to me that Xbox changed, um, was gonna change the price of like games with gold or whatever, and then went back on it. And then PlayStation did a similar thing with the shutting down the like PSP, PS Vita and PS3 stores and then rolling back some of those moves as well. So I thought it was an interesting everyone rolled something back except for Nintendo, (laughs) which, you know, there's still time. Nintendo, I know you're watching this, you know, fan of the show. Um, But that's definitely something that stood out to me. I think, too, um, PSVR 2 got announced this year. Which is crazy oh, to me. Oh shit! Was that this um, year? That was in February, yeah, that was wow. the first blog post introducing the the next or the future of PSVR because we actually still don't. I don't think we know the name actually of it yet. If it's PSVR two, but um, yeah, that was crazy. Alongside the Steam Deck, which I think was in one of the write ups that you had pointed out. Um, but I think in addition to all that stuff, like to kind of swing it back to the Activision Blizzard stuff and like worker empowerment. I mean, I think we get stories like this every year, so I don't want to necessarily act like this is the first year we've heard about like abuse in the industry or workers um, trying to, you know, move and better their working conditions Mm -hmm. in a way that's more publicly visible. But I feel like, you know, we got a lot of that on a big and small scale, like plenty of this stuff with Ubisoft, um, even thinking of like, you know, the Fulbright article that I want to say Polygon wrote up um, was was. a huge thing, you know, when I read that, because it's, I think a lot of those conversations are so AAA focused. So to see it on a smaller scale was um, really impactful for for me to have read through that. And I think too, we saw that with um, from GameIndustry.biz with um, 
the studio that makes season i forget the name of yeah yeah that studio offhand uh and season is now yet so other reasons why i can't exactly pin down the name off the top of my head but you know those conversations as well sort of uh, underscoring things and I think we've seen a lot of that this year um, and on a lighter note something that happened like a day or two ago um, Vodio Games becoming the first uh, North American uh, studio to unionize I think was huge um, that was re- uh, that's I saw that first from Polygon I don't know if they were the first people to write it up but um, that's a, a really big deal like I went they did um, Beast Breaker which is on Switch and I think PC and maybe something else. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was wild. And and they, they're like um, co-director and I think founder, again, I don't want to botch the names too much off memory, but they put out a statement talking about you know, their work practices and why they're like, well, of course, when like the workers came to me and said they wanted to unionize, I supported them because we've always been like a worker for a studio and we have like, you know, unlimited PTO, but mandatory time off, which I think is a key difference <laughs> in unlimited PTO. Um, they have a four day work week and have been had one for a long time. So, um, yeah, I think that was just like a huge thing. And we've seen a lot of rumblings of unionization in games and a lot of people on the outside are like, why hasn't this happened yet? And it's like, it's really hard <laughs> to unionize. Yeah. When you have a really big stat, because yeah, like you know, but um, seeing it come from Vodio Games, and and then also the realization that holy cow, how is that the first North Americans? St- how has there not been one already? There certainly there has to be a mistake, but like it's not, and that's that in itself is wild. So I'm very excited to see who the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth. Like I I want to see this continue, and and hopefully it does. But that was a really uh, moving thing that I, I saw this week that I think you know speaks to the larger conversation of of worker mobilization in 2021. Yeah, and Scavenger Studios is the studio you're thinking of that uh, has announced Season and did Darren Project before. Uh, and, the, and yeah, I think that was Game, Game Shop is, and then yeah, Polygon was the one that did the the other one, the Fulbright one. Uh, and yeah, I think those are really good ones to shout out. Another thing as well, on a, on a different topic within big gaming news stores, this one is kind of ongoing. I feel like it's going to affect us more in 2022 than in 2021, but the NFT stuff has been uh, uh, blowing up more and more, and that's been a lot within the last month or so that I feel like we've seen a big boom in terms of it infiltrating into the video games like video, the video game publishers and games that we interface with right ubisoft announcing courts and like the stalker 2 situation which we'll talk about more on the on, on this episode uh we've been seeing that creep up more and more and i think that's probably gonna be a bigger 2022 thing than what it's been for 2021 but at the end of, at the end of 2021 that is for sure a thing that has uh come through and has made a big splash in terms of what that impact is going to be for video games and how people are struggling with the back and forth of the audience not liking it and then publishers and probably the moneymakers being like, oh, but we really want this to be in there because it's going to be valuable for us if we make it happen. Or at least we think it's going to be valuable for us. Uh, that's a big thing. And then also, this year was the year that, I know but Microsoft announced the Bethesda acquisition last year, but it solidified and fi- finalized this year. And that, of course, is like one of the biggest things as well, right? Like, I think that, it, that, that goes on to redefine what Microsoft is as first party and it's going to be going to be big in terms of what Game Pass is, what the competition between Xbox, Nintendo and PlayStation is, like what how we view Xbox first party, all that stuff. And and, and Xbox's performance this year in terms of releasing games like Psychonauts 2 and Deathloop um, and others, right? Like that is that is a huge thing as well. And so 2021, it was nice knowing you. It's been a fun covering news in you, but uh 2022, hopefully y'all bring better news. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I'm at right now. Uh, Janet, 
enough about this. Let's talk about uh, Tencent acquiring Turtle Rock. Stalker 2 cancels their NFT plans and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and week at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you uh like we've been talking about this is our last week of regular content for the year before we go on break this is your last last kind of funny games daily the last piece of content going up on the game side of kind of funny kind of funny games uh is going to be the uh, uh the next episode of the blessing show that goes live on monday the 20th is that going to be game of the year related you'll have to tune in to find out uh we'll be back of course on january 3rd the first week of the year with more kind of funny games content for you and then i should say that the last piece of content going on going up on the kind of funny prime side is going to be the spider-man no way home in review uh which i'm sure plenty of you guys are hyped for so look forward to that thank you to our patreon producers pranksy blackjack and greg miller returns to content next month nick should quit now today we're brought to you by credit karma amazon music green chef and butcher box but we'll tell you about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the roper report it's time for some news. We have four stories today. Uh, Baker's Dozen. Starting with our number one, Tencent acquires Bat for Blood developer Turtle Rock Studios. This is Taylor Lyles at IGN. Tencent has announced today that it has acquired California-based developer Turtle Rock Studios, the developers of Back for Blood and the Left 4 Dead series. A press release sent out today notes that Turtle Rock will become part of Tencent, though the studio will retain its independent operations in Lake Forest, California, with the existing team continuing to run all studio operations. The press release also confirms that the Turtle Rock co-founders Phil Robb and Chris Ashton will continue to lead the studio following the acquisition. Quote, we are, look, we are all looking forward to joining the Tencent family of studios, Turtle Rock uh, Studios president and general manager Steve Goldstein said in the press release. Quote, Tencent's outstanding partners, global reach, deep knowledge of gaming, and unprecedented support will help us create the kinds of ambitious games we dream of while allowing us to retain our autonomy and independent spirit, end quote. Tencent picking up another studio comes as, a, as, as little surprise, considering the gaming giant has acquired several other studios this year. In July, the company announced it was acquiring Sumo Group, the developer behind Sackboy Big Adventure. In November, as reported by Bloomberg, Tencent announced it had acquired Wake Up Interactive. Janet, is this one that catches you by surprise at all? Um, no, by surprise, no, because Tencent can acquire anything at any time, it feels like, because, you know, as, as Taylor notes, uh, uh, in the article, they've made plenty of acquisitions this year. I actually forgot about the Sumo Group one. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. And then Sumo Group was the developer of Sackboy. Sackboy just yeah. feels like such a, so in that little big plant style that I totally forgot that it wasn't, you know, properly from that original team. But um, yeah, I think this is like par for the course. Um, I think as usual with these things, you can have maybe different feelings towards like the, you know, 
the person the the group acquiring right tencent like i could i'm not gonna say i'm like a tencent fan or that i'm passionate about tencent but um you know in lisa's wording which we'll see how it ends up turning out it, it is very much stated as we are acquiring them to like have them in our portfolio and like to kind of provide support but they're still going to do their own thing like it's totally the same it's just changed um, obviously, we'll never know if that's true until once we see it, you know, working out. And then even then, you know, we might not always be privy to what's going on behind the scenes. Um, so my thing for these is always, as usual, I hope that they signed a good deal. Hopefully they're excited about it. I imagine that Turtle Rock wouldn't go into this unless they thought it would be for the betterment of their studio. So hopefully they are, you know, right in that um, judgment call and that this only, you know, benefits them in terms of support and security and, and, you know, creative freedom and things like that. Um, It does seem like it is very much a, we want this in our portfolio when we're not really going to be as directly involved, which can also be for better or worse. You know, maybe that, maybe they would benefit from more direct involvement. I don't know. Um, I I can only assume and lightly trust that they would do what's best for their team and their studio and that this acquisition is that for them yeah and i i 100 agree right i think the best case scenario is that you don't really see a big change in how turtle rock operates right you don't see like the tense come through and make big changes or want to have big big influence in order to increase revenue or in, in order to like you know turn their games into like what riot is doing right i don't i don't want to see uh turtle rock change in big ways like that in order to just make money for tencent right i want to continue to see turtle rock be turtle rock and and make the games that they want to make uh and like yeah like these kind of consolidation and like acquisitions like this can be scary and or good news for a lot of reasons right i think on the scary side it is what i'm talking about in terms of the change and in terms of like okay cool are we going to consolidate into eight big major gaming corporations in the world and everything all those corporations own everything like that that i think that is a worst case scenario right that is what i do not want but what i do want is for independent developers to feel secure and feel like they aren't making a big risk with every single game that they're putting out okay cool we're gonna put out back for blood is back for blood gonna ruin us because it doesn't sell anything right i think that is always a scary thing for independent developers and so for them for them to have the security i think is going to be big for them and allow them to create more games in a comfortable way uh which is a good thing by the way did you play back for blood did you like what were your thoughts on that when that came out no i didn't play back for blood did you are you a back for blood person I wanted to be. I played it a little bit when it came out. And I also played like betas and demos leading up to it. And the first beta was an alpha. The first like uh pre-release version I played of Back for Blood, like this time last year, like right when they announced it at the game awards, um, I enjoyed. I liked the card system. I like how it felt. I thought I had promise, but I wasn't like completely sold on it i was like okay this seems like it's gonna be good good we'll see if it's my kind of thing later on i know like greg and others were a little bit more high on it than i was um and then playing like the pvp stuff i was like okay this seems cool as well like all this seems like it's going to be solid but again i don't know if i'm going to be over the moon on this game when it finally came out i had friends that got super obsessed with it like my friend uh like my friends rihanna and danny uh were on it i think they played all the way through it and i forget if like they loved it at the end of it but i know that they were into it into it and i tried to i played like one or two two um sessions with them and by the time i finished it i was like no this just isn't for me like i just don't care care for this i think it's the Mm -hmm. thing of those types of way-based like zombie games like a left for left for dead style games i think I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is. I just, it's hard for me to like feel invested and feel like I want to level up. And I don't know exactly why I just can't like get all the way into them. Yeah, I feel that. I think that's kind of where I'm at with it. Like I, it's just not a, a genre or style I've really spent much time with. And of all the time that I do have, 
it's lower on my priority list to like dig into because I think it is so like, it's also one of those things where if you don't play it, like no one seems to care. So I'm like, okay, like this will just be one, the one thing that, or on the, on the pile of things that I won't really get around to, but uh, we'll see, you know, I'm not big on like multiplayer stuff to begin with anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of a rarity for me. Yeah. And I think you're right in terms of not many people were talking about it in a very big way. Once it came out, I think the people who played it, played it and the people who didn't play it didn't feel like the need or like the nudge to to play it because people were like, yo, this is a must play right here. Um, you know, like I, you know, it, I like those games to like hang out with friends. I think that's my main thing is I use a Back for Blood or a, a um, an Aliens Fire Team Elite or any of those kind of like four player survival kind of games to like hang out with friends and kick it. But I don't on a gameplay level, I don't necessarily care for the progression in those games. That said, like there are games coming up that like i i want to get into like rainbow rainbow six extraction um seems like it's going to speak to me more than back for blood or aliens have and that's because it seems like that's going to have a lot of um rainbow six siege mechanics and like literally the operators from rainbow six siege are going to be in there i assume they're going to control a similar way and the game's going to have similar stuff going on that speaks to me because i like rainbow six siege um and so maybe that'll be the one that turns it around for me and makes me go okay no this is just my version of this game like i haven't found my version of what this four-player co-op um wave-based like mow them all down type of game is but maybe we'll see maybe it'll, maybe it'll be rainbow six extraction let's hop in to story number two stalker 2 developer cancels nft plans after blowback this is owen s good at polygon the makers of stalker 2 heart of chernobyl on thursday evening abandoned plans to introduce nfts to their post-apocalyptic game shortly after posting and quickly deleting a lengthy defense of the revenue generating scheme Quote, based on the feedback we received, we've made a decision to cancel anything NFT related in Stalker 2, GSC Game World tweeted. Quote, the interests of our, of our fans and players are the top priority for the team, the company added. We're making this game for you to enjoy whatever the cost is. If you care, we care too. End quote. On Wednesday, the studio and publisher announced plans to, quote, let the community uh, own a piece of Stalker 2, end quote, a sequel to the 2009 cult hit Stalker Call of Pripyat. In addition to commoditizing in-world items for players to buy and sell among themselves, GSC Game World planned to auction an in-game NPC appearance built on the winning bidder's likeness. Among other community platforms, the Stalker subreddit's uh, response was immediate, indignant, and unified. Fans posted memes rejecting GSC's plans in vulgar terms, ripped the studio for jumping on the NFT bandwagon before showing actual gameplay in a game due to launch in 2022, and vowed not to buy Stalker 2, which they've waited 13 years for. GSC GameWorld responded late Thursday afternoon with offensive all-caps rebuttal that would be quickly retracted. Quote, GSC GameWorld is an independent game development studio just like all the other devs we need two main resources time and money yesterday we announced the first tokens the faces of several N uh, npcs they aren't even involved in the story but some of you thought we would go a bit too far from here that's why we wanted be that's why we want to transparently disclose our plans for the future nfts end quote those plans were to include names of the owners on some in-game desks slash walls slash etc gloves slash tattoos skins slash badges for the multiplayer mode and collectible cards the cards will be transacted uh transacted on the blockchain only with no integration in stalker 2 the players weren't having it about 90 minutes later gsc game world posted the apology and retraction janet did you follow this whole debacle as it was going down um, kind of in just in pieces, like I saw it sort of trickling in, like I had first heard, I think I was actually recording um, 
some of our min-max holiday stuff where our end of the year, which is just end of the year game discussions. Um, and some, Kyle had mentioned about like the Stalker 2 NFT things because we were talking about NFTs with like Ubi, with the news and like Ubisoft and everything like that. Um, and then so then when I saw later on, like on Twitter where, you know, everyone was all I mean, obviously, I, I'm sure people were like, OK, I'm glad they rolled it back because this is like a negative thing. But then it became like that's its own meme where people were like, how's it started? How's it going? And it's like 30 minute gap between these two things and kind of being dragged for for that process as well. So I saw I, I heard about the original announcement and then I saw the dragging later. And that was kind of my trajectory of it. Um, yeah, I mean, this is like a. There's so many pieces here to dig into. I mean, one of them is that, you know, it's funny because I feel like a year or two ago, and I'm sure there's been plenty of examples throughout history of companies rolling back decisions based on feedback. So that's not, again, not new to 2021. I don't want to act like it is. But I will say that there have been, you know, times where uh, I've seen fans and peers um, talk negatively about like some type of decision. And then there's it's always like those that group of fans. It's like we have to tell them or we have to not buy this because like we can we can be the change and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know, sometimes, but sometimes not. And it can feel kind of hopeless. So I think the one good thing, um, obviously, again, like never, you know, attacking developers personally, there are limits to how you voice your feedback. But I think the pushback here was a time where we saw that have real change. And I think that can be empowering for consumers. Granted, that's also kind of scary because consumers can be horrifying. But mm-hmm. You know, this is them listening to that feedback. But it also the other on the negative side, one thing I always note from these sort of rollbacks is you showed me who you wanted to be, though. Like you were the NFT person. You just the reason you're not doing it is because the pushback was so loud and so big that it was going to hurt your bottom line, which is, you know, and hey, everyone cares about their bottom line. So I don't think it's inherently evil to care about your bottom line. But this is who you actually are. This is just, we just didn't let you do it. Um, Kind of like, you know, we've seen this with plenty of other companies with like, you know, when Microsoft had always online stuff, it's like, okay, but who you want to be is to make me always be online. And obviously they they haven't Mm -hmm. gone anything that extreme, but you showed me who you are through the decision that you made, because this is, I'm, I'm sure this isn't a spur of the moment thing. This is probably a conversation and a plan. And then you talked about what your future plans are. So this wasn't a flash in the pan thing either. And then you talked about the, the fact that it is how you're looking to monetize. So I think the negative look at this is like how long until this becomes just so widespread in our society that it's unavoidable and it ends up seeping back in the games again. Cause we already know that that's what you want because you want it to make money, like, because that's what you did. Um, so yeah, there's like a lot of pieces here, but what's, what's your general read on this? I, I like that they retracted it. I, you know, I'm right there with you in terms of like, how did you end up in this place? Right. How did you like end up in the place where you're like, this is the decision we want to make with our game, especially for a game that I think has been having a good run up until now for, in terms of PR and in terms of marketing, like this game was at, an xbox presentation uh i think during the summer and when it appeared like i was a person that i never i've never cared about stalker but seeing that trailer i was like oh shit this looks really cool and it's gonna be on game pass holy shit this seems like it's gonna be super dope for game pass and for these developers and for stalker too um so for them to see to see them trip over this i think is unfortunate and i it seeing the nft stuff in the last month appear in video games makes me wonder like how like how like in in specific cases how we ended up here because in the ubisoft case that feels very much like big corporation seeing an opportunity to make uh uh, money easily uh through a thing and they go for it and then they realize that the audience doesn't want it and like they have to reckon with that and figure out if they're just going to continue with it with or or not on a this being on a small on a smaller scale of a 
like an independent studio uh, uh, doing this and, you know, trying to find a way to trying to find a way to make it happen. And then also trying to justify the, the those decisions to their audience. I wonder how much of it is them being misguided and them being like, cool. All right. What are the ways we're going to fund our game? Okay. Well, games are expensive. We got to like, we got to take our time with development. Who can we talk to? All right, let's talk to Xbox. Let's get it on Game Pass. Okay, how else can we fund this thing? Oh, there's this new NFT boom going on. All right, who can we talk to? Get like get like a get a consultant in to talk to us about NFTs and tell and, and teach us how they work. And then that that consultant leads them astray and is like, oh yeah, just do this, this, and this. They present it to the audience. The audience hates it and they go, fuck, <laughs> this was our plan. Like this was gonna make us the big bucks, right? This feels like a almost like that um, the dream of like the get risk rich scheme of a thing I can do to get money real fast in order to make these things happen. And I think it's an unfortunate thing if like, you know, they were really looking forward to making this happen and they, 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 they couldn't because they didn't realize or they didn't know, or they just, they were, they did a bad job of doing their research to understand that there was going to be a negative reception to this. I think, I think that whole, uh, the, the, the whole circumstance is unfortunate for them, but I am glad that where we've landed is them going, actually, never mind. Like, you guys are right. We're not going to do this anymore, even though it was a pain painful process to get here. When do you think we're, what's going to be the next game that's going to try to do this? Or is it going to be quiet for a while? Oh, it's not going to be quiet you, for a while. I think it's only going to be more. Like, tomorrow, next week, like, if you had to, like, bet money on, like, when, what month and year we're going to see this happen again? January. I, I think now, yeah. I mean, I, I think for the next couple of weeks, the video games industry is going to be pretty chill because like it's break, it's holidays. I don't think people are trying to announce things during the holidays, especially NFTs. Like you don't want an NFT debacle during Christmas. You don't want to work during Christmas. I think in January when things get back going, um, multiple games that you are looking forward to are going to announce NFT integration or multiple publishers that you're, <clears throat> that you're into yeah. are going to announce NFT um, integration. Because I think it's an easy thing to try and integrate in video games. I think video games more than anything else, like right next to art are like an easy, you know, it, it's easy to implement NFTs in them. It's, it's, I mean, obviously like NFTs are different than like a cosmetic. I mean, at, on when you, when you see them in practice, they do seem very similar to like stuff we already have. I think the way they yeah. function and the always online thing and the blockchain stuff and like the amount of energy that takes up and all those other layers are, are usually are more so what people have a problem with than the idea of, oh, it's dumb to, like, own something that's, like, not... Like, that's a lot of what we own. So, like, because that's a lot yeah. of gaming. Art. But this is, like, a different... It is it is not a one-to-one, -one, and I think a lot of studios are treating it like it's a one-to-one, -one, but a lot of people are like, it's not a one-to-one -one because it is not a one-to-one. -one. And uh, I saw a tweet... I wish I remembered who it was from. I feel like I probably did retweet it. That was um, really well stated. And it was like, we already decided that the janky or like easy way, quote unquote easy way to earn money and get money from the consumers and games is like cosmetics and DLC. Like that's that's what you got. You got that. Rock that. Like don't add this other additional layer. Um, I feel like it's the real world version of like when there's too many currencies in a game, but this one also has like a negative environmental impact. So like, that's not, that's not good. Exactly. I think that is the, that is the big thing when it comes to why people react so negatively. This is like the nightmare of like the, the rabbit hole we can go down with like the things you can do with microtransactions. This is like that last step of like, Oh no, this is shitty. This is now, now this is ruining video games like micro microtransactions and like DLC and stuff. I think to some extent, are beneficial and can be awesome in some cases not in all cases right like we've had the whole loot box fiasco we've had a billion different cases of ah shit this feels gross or this feels like it is either taking advantage of the consumer or it's just mispriced or whatever the case is nfts i think are that last logical of 
oh, this isn't fun anymore. You've taken all the fun out of video games. Now it is me trying to grind for a hundred hours so I can I can obtain this exclusive item, this these exclusive shoes that only I own now. Oh man, but now like and and now I am selling these on the market for fifty bucks to my friend who like also wanted the shoe. Like it, it I, the 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 way that this is opening up like a lot of shit that. I think is going to take away from the actual shit that makes video games fun. I think I think is unfortunate, and I think I mean to go back to your question of where do we see this uh, this next? I think it is going to be in the in the games where you are collecting things, right? The games where it is I like I'm going through, I'm, I'm going around, I'm collecting other players for a sports game. Um, I think we're very lucky that Nintendo's behind the times. I think we said this like in another on another podcast, but like Pokemon Legends Arceus, <laughs> like if Nintendo was a different company that was like technologically like up to date, I'm sure like fucking Pokemon Legends Arceus, you be you would be capturing an NFT Pikachu. Like get rid of shinies, replace them with NFTs. Like oh it'd be God. that type of shit. <laughs> oh yeah, um, but yeah, like I think I mean my prediction on like and not even a prediction. I think on the worst possible level, a thing that could realistically happen on the big scale would be Fortnite, like adding in NFTs. I think they're yeah. already like kind of poised. Like they're in the perfect place where if they wanted to, I think they can make it happen. And I think they would make it work because Fortnite is big and it's hard to push against Fortnite, right? Stalker 2 is trying to like get out there and trying to market and trying to get in people's hands. Fortnite is already in people's hands. If Fortnite turned around and they were like, cool, we are announcing new NFT unlockable skins for your character, right? Here is an NFT version of Iron Man that you can get via Fortnite. Then we're in trouble. Then it's like, fuck, we don't have the resources to fight against this. Like, people are going to play it regardless. Um, I think that is that is a scary situation. But that's also another thing of we'll see. Like, hopefully Epic right. and Fortnite don't go down that dark path. But we'll see about that. You know what isn't a dark path, Janet? patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can go to get the show ad free and speaking of ads let us tell you about our sponsors this episode is brought to you by butcher box if you ask me the holidays are all about winning whether that means getting the best gifts or cooking the best food and when it comes to serving up the best holiday meals especially meat quality matters every month butcher box ships a curated selection of high quality meat straight to your home with free shipping in the continental u.s there's no antibiotics or added hormones and each box contains between 8 to 14 pounds of meat depending on what you choose i love butcher box recently me and g got some of this and oh man the steak was fantastic i just love meat and butcher box makes that love a reality in my household this holiday butcher box is giving new members one pack of bacon for free in every box plus plus $20 off each box for the first five months of your membership. That's free bacon for life and up to $100 off. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash KFGD. That's butcherbox.com slash KFGD. B-U-T-C-H-E-R-B-O-X.com slash KFGD. Next up, shout out to Green Chef. Green Chef is America's number one meal kit for eating well with dinners that work for you, not the other way around. Green Chef makes cooking easy so you can spend less time planning and prepping and more time eating delicious home-cooked meals. Plus, Green Chef has options that fit every lifestyle. Keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, fast and fit, Mediterranean, and gluten-free, giving everybody options from blessing to Kevin and his family with Paula being a vegetarian. Uh, Green Chef is now owned by Hello 
HelloFresh. And between the two of them, there's now something to choose for literally everyone. Both HelloFresh and Green Chef are awesome. So sometimes that choice is a little hard in a good way. Uh, I've been loving Green Chef every once in a while. Gia cooks it. It's been a wonder for, for Cool Greg and Blessing, like I was saying. Go to greenchef.com slash KFGD10 and use code KFGD10 to get 10 free meals, including free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash KFGD10 and code KFGD10 to get 10 free meals and free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Next up, shout out to Credit Karma. If you've ever applied for a credit card or personal loan and been rejected, you know how frustrating it is and how dang often it seems to happen. That's why Credit Karma is changing the way people find and apply for cards and loans. Whether you're refinancing credit card debt or paying for an upcoming expense, Credit Karma uses your credit data to show you fresh personal loan offers that are personalized just for you. Members who compare loan offers on Credit Karma save an average of 30% on interest rates. That's a lot. Uh, It's totally free and easy to sign up for a Credit Karma account with no effect on your credit score. Credit Karma will even show you your approval odds so you can choose offers that you're more likely to get approved for and apply with more confidence. On Credit Karma, you can check out multiple loan offers side by side with easy to compare estimated terms. Ready to apply? Head to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to see personalized offers with your approval odds right now. Go to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to find the loan for you. That's C-R-E-D-I-T-K-A-R-M-A.com slash loan offers. And finally, shout out to Amazon Music. You clearly have great taste in podcasts because you're listening to this right now, but why not try out Amazon Music? Amazon Music has more than 10 million free podcast episodes to listen to, but it's not just podcasts. They also have thousands of music stations and top playlists to stream for free. You can try out Amazon Music Unlimited that gives you unlimited access to over 75 million songs, plus podcasts, music videos, and more with unlimited skips. I have been getting hype for Spider-Man No Way Home coming out uh, and I've been listening to a lot of the scores of previous Marvel movies uh, from Marvel Studios projects and I've been listening to it all using Amazon Music. Uh, If you've never tried Amazon Music Unlimited, now is a great time for a limited time. New customers can try Amazon Music Unlimited free for three months. No credit card required. Just go to Amazon.com slash KFGD. That's Amazon.com slash KFGD to try Amazon Music Unlimited free for three months. Amazon.com slash KFGD. Renews automatically cancel anytime terms apply we got two stories left in the roper report let's go to story number three a new ghostbusters game is definitely happening ernie hudson says uh this is chris golian at video games chronicle a new Ghostbusters game is in the early stages of development, according to one of the main actors from the movies. Ernie Hudson, who plays Winston Zeddemore in the series, mentioned the project during a Q&A at the Celebrity Fan Fest in San Antonio, Texas on Wednesday. One attendee asked Hudson if he would ever want to appear in another Ghostbusters video game, to which he confirmed that one was in development, Ghostbusters News reports via Nintendo Life. Quote, in fact, I just got an email because we're doing another video game, Hudson confirmed. Quote, so there's scheduling it now to do the recording and i'm not sure who's going to do it i know me and danny Aykroyd. i think i'm not sure bill murray will do anything on it so there will be another game end quote hudson also joked that the development team was struggling to make his in-game character look like him quote they've been sending me prototypes of the character to get my image right and they seem to have a hard time creating my image it's so weird to me that they can get bill murray Dan and Aykroyd, uh and harold ramis uh to look exactly like they look but i end up looking like eddie murphy or somebody <laughs> end quote i love wow. that quote so much yeah, <laughs> i love that too. quote so much 
it also reminds me like it gave me a flashback to oh my god do you remember that oh i think it was a basketball game it was like not nba street it was the other one it was like something ballers or whatever mm-hmm. i forgot the name of it but like one of the like rappers that was going to be in it was like i want my like special thing kind of like their game the version of the game of the game breaker to have like a falcon comes down and some crazy stuff happens and they're like sure and like that didn't happen because like the team was like we can't do that to, like just tell him yes <laughs> just mm. so it really reminded me of that um if anyone remembers the name of that game or that rapper let me know um but yeah well, i mean Jared, before, before you go on let me step let me step in real quick and say that i got you bitches all right earlier in the week Tamor rep- repeated one of my news stories and i just repeated one of Tamor's news stories that that's right it was done yesterday was that on purpose no it wasn't on purpose that's me trying to make up for it i apologize everybody i did repeat a news story but Jana, go on and finish your thought and so we can move on to the next one it, it had to happen to somebody um it yeah, it's it's happening uh look at our you get twice the thoughts um for the same amount of time i don't know whatever um yeah exactly ghostbusters game you know i'm 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 not a big Ghostbusters person, but it is always interesting to kind of hear this stuff from like, you know, um, in weird ways and like not an official press release and just through like Q&A and conversations and stuff. But yeah, that is also one of my biggest games daily fears of either repeating a story or like repeating a random tidbit where it's like, maybe this isn't a story, but maybe you said it at one point. Mm-hmm. Like, well, here's the thing. Like, this random detail. I think I think it's happened multiple times this week because it's been such a dry week of news because we're in the hall like we're entering holiday season. People are are very much lining up on news. I was it was gonna be a three story news day if I didn't get this story. And story number four, I almost I was debating on including also. So let's get into it right now. Story number four, uh GTA Online's new update confirms which original GTA 5 ending is canon. This is Jared Moore at IGN. And also there are light spoilers. Let me, let me remove the word light. There are spoilers for GTA 5 in this new story. If you cared that much about like GTA's story, I assume that at this point you probably play GTA 5. And if you if if you care about spoilers, and if you don't care about spoilers, then you like probably don't care about the spoilers in this story. And so I'm gonna read it. Uh, but yeah, GTA 5 spoilers ahead. You've been warned. A new update to GTA Online has seemingly confirmed which of the Grand Theft Auto V's three original endings is canon. As reported by Kotaku, GTA Online's latest update, The Contract, features dialogue that seems to confirm what happens to Michael following the end of GTA V. As part of the new missions, you help iconic rapper Dr. Dre in a bid to locate and recover the musician's lost phone and a range of unreleased material that resides on the device. As part of the hunt for the missing phone, Franklin ends up in a golf golf cart chase uh, through a movie set in a bid to catch up with a main with a with a man who has angered the rapper. Franklin's erratic driving forces the character to exclaim, "Quote, man, shit! I know one of the producers around here. I hope his ass ain't at work today." End quote. While not specifically referencing the producer by name, it seems almost certain that Franklin is referring to Michael, who in one of the GTA Five endings begins working as a producer on the very same movie set. For those who weren't quite able to complete GTA V's campaign, the game has three different endings. While endings A and B see either Trevor or Michael die at the hands of Franklin respectively, option C ties together the narrative's loose ends in a way that allows all three of the game protagonists to survive. And let me add to this story that in a previous uh, Grand Theft Auto GTA Online uh, like DLC expansion, you did uh, meet Trevor and do tr- uh, missions with Trevor, right? And so like I think that is confirming that both Trevor and Michael seem to be alive in this post GTA five world. So congratulations, everybody. We've done it. Option C is the correct option. <laughs> there you go. Jane, did you hear about this at all? Um, not 
particularly in the sense that I am one of the few people that hasn't played GTA five, you know how it's like, who's still buying it? It's going to be me. I don't know when, um, but, or we might already own it somewhere. You probably uh, already own it. Yeah. But I just want to just wait till next gen. Uh, oh yeah. Right. Cause when's that coming? When's that supposed uh, spring. to spring spring. That's kind of far though. I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm going to be busy in the, it's, in you the made it this far. Long. Yeah. You made it like <laughs> it's the game came out seven years ago. Wait, six more months. Yeah. I was a different person then. I'm me now. You know what I mean? Are you really going to play GTA 5? Like the GTA 5 story campaign in the next like four months? Sure. Why not? You know, you lie to me all the time. So I think it's about time I Una reversed it. Yeah. When have I'm I ever gonna... lied to you? When have I ever oh, lied to you, Janet? Constantly. 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 Name, Name one lie. Horizon's DLC going. Oh, the beginning shit, of it. Him. The beginning of it is great. The beginning of it is, is awesome. You know? I hope we got a lot to say about the first 10 minutes because. How fucking dare you expose me? On my show. All right, I bring you into a guest into this channel. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, this is this. I think this is a cool tidbit, right? The GT, the the, yeah, the confirmation. The con. I think the confirmation of like the ending is cool, and then also the uh, I've not talked about the expansion, like my actual gameplay impressions of it on a show yet, uh, and I've been enjoying it. Uh, I've like done quite a few of the the Dr. Dre missions, and one Dr. Dre's model in the game looks magnificent. He looks better than everybody else in the game, and I believe he did motion capture for the the uh, DLC, and so like you can tell, like that is Dr. Dre, like it it is Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre. Um, so I love that, but then also, I love how like. How much of a story expansion this is like i'm getting the follow-ups to lamar to to franklin uh getting them in like a new scenario i'm getting new characters that I hadn't met before and the banter and back and forth is really funny like there's one clip i tweeted on my twitter that was um a clip of me streaming it and it was like a 13 second uh clip from a cutscene of like them joking around and like it's it's lamar <clears throat> it's lamar and he's like like oh yeah who's your client and then looks at the computer and he's like bro you're like your client is dr dre like he lost his phone bro that that's dr dre that means a physician do you know how important that is like the the, <laughs> the writing of it is so good it's so funny um and yeah i'm glad i'm glad that they were able to seemingly so far pull it off nice also dr dre is jacked <laughs> lexi gunner in chat says dr jacked which is really funny because dr dre is looking great in this video game which i'm sure was part of the contract but janet I can't wait to see what other rappers make their way into GTA 5 online DLC expansion packs, but that is just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Drop Shops today, where'd I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games daily show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, we got Aspire, Ina's Tale for Xbox One, Switch, and PC, Ancient Cities for PC, Power Pushout for PC and Mac. <laughs> Hold on. Oh shit, real good. Power Pushout. That's a great, that's a that's a name. That's a name. Murder Diaries 3, Santa's Trail of Blood for PC. Holy shit. Ooh, how festive. Yeah. Forgotten Hill, Disillusion for Switch. Him and Her 3 for Switch, Skyfleet for PC, and then the legendary anti-RPG Moon is now available worldwide for PS4, PS5, and Steam, which is really cool. you love to see it. And then five additional Sega Genesis games are now available for Nintendo Switch Online plus Expansion Pack members. You're getting Altered Beast, uh, Toad Jam and Earl, Dynamite Heady, Sword of Vermilion, and Thunder Force 2. 
We got an NVIDIA GeForce update for you. Remember that we've we've partnered with NVIDIA to keep you updated on all the latest GeForce RTX additions to your favorite games. And today, we want to tell you about a special PC. It is the Matrix Custom PC. Uh, to celebrate the launch of the Matrix Resurrections in U.S. theaters and on HBO Max on December 22nd, NVIDIA has partnered with Warner Brothers Pictures to bring GeForce gamers a chance to win one of three custom, officially licensed Matrix-themed modded PCs. These builds are one of a kind and built with the latest GeForce RTX graphics cards and are fully water cooled and customized uh, second prize is one of five extremely rare custom matrix resurrections gpu backplates that can attach to a geforce 3080 ti graphics card or displayed as a super limited edition decorative item sweepstakes runs from december 14th to december 22nd on nvidia's social channels more details and a bio on the pc builders that created these custom pcs can be found on geforce.com New dates for you. Uh, this was tweeted out this morning by at Neon White Dev. Uh, they tweeted out, hey everyone, I wanted to give a quick update regarding the release date of Neon White. It's still coming this winter. It's just early 2022. The team is working hard to create the best experience possible and we cannot wait for you guys to see what we have in store. So if you're like me and you're really looking forward to Neon White, look forward to it in early 2022. Uh, Hidden Deep launches into Steam Early Access on January 24th, 2022. Red Cap Zombie Hunter is coming to Steam on December 21st. Uh, and then World Nations Game, an online MMO game, will be coming to Steam on December 24th. We got one deal of the day for you. Shenmue 3 is available for free on Epic Game Store, so hop on that. Remember, you uh, can go to Patreon.com. Uh, what's up, Kevin? Uh, just uh, one more little out today. Uh, this is from Greg Miller. Uh, Spotify just added today the rate uh, ratings. Oh, so you can raise Spotify. Rate us, you know what I mean? Go and rate oh, yeah, us yeah. That. Go through so far. Uh, uh, what I need you guys to do, right? I need you guys to rate two specific podcasts. I need you to go, go and rate um, Kind of Funny Games Daily and then go and rate PS I Love You XOXO. All right, there's, just do that for a lot me. More than that, a lot more. Yeah, than but that, like those are the mean? important ones, you know? <laughs> those are the ones that get Oof. me paid. You know what I mean, yeah. Kevin? You know what I mean? I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, you know. Um, go check that out. Go check that out. If you're on Spotify, check that out. if you're using Spotify, please go and rate us. Yeah, that would mean a lot. Even if you don't use Spotify, download Spotify. And Even rate better. Us. Even better. Yeah, yeah. We can Make use all, all the rating on that as we can get, especially if you want kind of funny to grow and get in more people's ears and hands. Um, so please go and do that. Uh, if you're on patreon.com slash kind of funny games, you can skip the ads. You can run up with your questions and you can also run up, uh, write in with your squad ups, just like KDG did. But KDG wrote in with a squad up success story. At the start of the year, I wrote in with a squad up for help in NEC. I needed to pad my friends list with people who have played to get better loot, cho loot choices from chess because I've been tricked into making a New Year's resolution to platinum it. Well, tonight, I'll be doing the final chapters of my final run. Thank you to all the best friends who helped make this possible. Fuck diamonds, if you know, you know. And bring on Knack 2 in 2022. It was a really stupid resolution. Please, everyone, learn from my mistakes. And happy holidays, Katie G. Katie G, that is awesome. Congratulations. It took a whole year, but you did it. You absolutely did it. And so go get that platinum. Remember, you can go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in a list of what we got wrong as we got it wrong, so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash games and on podcast services around the globe. Uh, Nana writes in and says, the last analog pocket delay was caused by new COVID restrictions with our assembly partners, with their assembly partners, uh, that created a domino effect of delays beyond their control. Uh, let's see, we got that. We got bless the Ghostbusters news discovered yesterday. Don't worry, I got that. I got that. <laughs> uh, great, Mister Religion said, "Hey, says, hey, bless Harold. Uh, 
Ramus's name is pronounced Ramus, not Ramus. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate that correction. Uh, oh, Nano says the epic free game today is not Shenmue 3, but Neon Abyss. Shenmue 3 was yesterday. I apologize for that. Go get Neon Abyss because that is also a cool looking game. I believe that's a, uh, one of them roguelites, one of them young roguelites. You ever played one of them young roguelites, uh, Janet? Yes, I have. I try and try again. I've yet. Good I don't games. know. Very good you know, job. I don't know which, if I've what like how many I've even beaten is the thing that I've the negative fact that I've thought about myself the other oh, day. You don't beat roguelites, Janet. You just play I them until they beat you. Exactly. Well, you just stop. <laughs> you just stop. You just inevitably that. stop. <laughs> there are many a roguelites that I've started, be like, "Yo, this is fantastic," and I make it. 90% of the way through and I'm like I think I'm done here dead cells I made it to like the last um like the last uh area like the the the, the last I'll just call it a biome the last biome uh got there a few times and they were kicking my ass and I was like I think this is where I'm done I think this is where I'm done but I love dead cells yeah. one of my favorite roguelites I was just bad at it at that last level that last level kicked my ass uh if you're watching this live on Twitch after this it's Final Fantasy 7 for PC with Mike and Andy if you want to catch that stream later you can subscribe to youtube.com slash kind of funny plays uh and this has been the last episode of kind of funny games daily Janet thank you so much for joining me on this one uh where can people find your work uh, you can find me across the internet under the handle GameOnysis. That's Game O N Y S U S on Twitter and Twitch are really big places. Instagram as well. Um, and this Saturday, um, which is tomorrow, I'm going to be ca like capping off the holidays by finally playing Death Stranding for the first time. Um, I'm going to be the delivery man because Santa. Mm. I don't know if this is amusing to that anyone but sense. me. But yeah, I'm excited. I love that. He's like yeah. Santa. I did hear that it takes like 90 minutes to actually do any deliveries. So like oh, come yeah. watch people eat bugs in caves is what I was told I'll be seeing. Delicious. I don't know. I'm excited. Hell yeah. Go check that out. That actually sounds like a really great time. I'm going to pop into chat for that for a little bit. Uh, and yeah, like, I mean, thank you everybody for a great 2021. I'm not good at doing like speeches on the fly. I'm very bad at like being like gracious. If only on you content. Knew this is the last episode of the year. <laughs> Yeah, and I could have written something, but like people don't want my written words. People want the words from the heart. And so thank you guys all for listening and watching over the course of the year. This has been a fantastic year of content. And these last few months without Greg Miller have been a challenge, but I think they've been great. I think we've been knocking out the park, and that's only been possible because of folks like Janet and Tamora who have come in uh, and yeah. have guested on the shows and like you know been able to like bring their expertise. And I know people love the the PS I love Fridays and the Janet and me dynamic. And so hopefully we get way more of that in 2022 because of course you're gonna be on PS I love you all the time. Uh, because you're you're a regular on ps i love you it's gonna be a very awesome time um and so yeah once again thank you guys all for a great 2021 uh and i look forward to hosting with you guys again in 2022 remember this has been kind of funny games daily each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about we have a patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games so stick around for that otherwise until next time game daily <laughs>